Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Face Yoga Expert podcast and we are going solo again this week. A bit of a theme for this summer. Over the autumn I have way more guests for you because I know you guys love a combination of the guests and the solo episodes but for the moment I'm enjoying doing these solo episodes and I hope you're enjoying it too. Today I felt really drawn to talk about something which has been in my periphery for the last couple of years and something which I have such a personal and a professional interest in and that is human design. Now if you're a regular listener to the podcast you will know that I have had a few human design experts on the podcast and these include Jenna Zoe, who came on one of my very early episodes of the Face Yoga Expert podcast. And I've also had Erin Claire Jones, who is also a world-renowned expert in human design. And both of these amazing women, as well as a few other amazing women who have talked about human design on my podcast, maybe more briefly, maybe less in depth than Erin and Jenna have. But all of them have really increased my excitement about human design, increased my knowledge about human design. And I know that from the feedback many of you have given me, it's also increased your knowledge and your excitement too. I have also put aspects of human design into my sole purpose business course bundle. So if you've taken that already, or you are thinking of taking the sole purpose business course bundle, then you will see that there are little aspects of that in there too. But I am very keen to do some training in human design. So I actually become a human design reader myself and I can bring more of this human design knowledge into my teaching, particularly into my business coaching and business teaching, but also into aspects of my face yoga and wellness too. But what I wanted to do today is just give you a very back to basics guide to human design. So I am nowhere near an expert on human design yet. I do hope, as I say, to take more training in it, to read more into it so I can really become more of an expert. But for now, I actually want to use the fact that I actually have quite basic knowledge of it to give you guys this very much simple, back to basics, let's strip it all back approach to human design. So let's actually start talking about what human design is. So essentially, it's a personality and a self-discovery tool. And it's really there to help us as individuals understand our strengths, our weaknesses, and help us really understand our optimal life strategies. So it was actually developed in 1987 by someone called Robert Alan Krakauer. Now, the foundation of human design is the idea that each of us has this real distinct energy blueprint that influences how we interact with the world and how we make decisions. Now, I love what Jenna Zoe says. And as I mentioned, Jenna Zoe has been on the podcast. She's a, an internet friend of mine, and she says it so beautifully. She actually says, your soul came here with a plan to live a spectacular life. 
Human design is the roadmap on how to live yours. She says the world floods us with messages about who we should be in order to survive and thrive in this world. But human design teaches that the same advice is not correct for everybody. The road to being your most happiest, most successful self is one that is totally unique to you. Human design is here to help you recognize your innate gifts and traits so you can be who you truly came here to be, which is the most effortless road to living your dream life. And I think that that is such a beautiful description. And what I want to talk about today is actually two parts of human design. There's the energy types and the profile types. There are more aspects to it. And if you want a more in-depth look at your particular human design type, I would definitely recommend going to Erin Claire Jones' website. Now, you can actually, first of all, find out what your human design is on there. You can also do that on Jenna Zoe's website, or also, if you just Google find my human design type, there's something called the Jovian Archive, that J-O-V-I-A-N, and you can put your details in there. So you need to know your place of birth, your date of birth and your time of birth, and then it gives you your human design. Now, what I actually did is I got what's called my human design blueprint, and I got that made by Erin Claire Jones. Now, she actually gave us a discount code when she came on the Face Yoga Expert podcast, and that discount code is Face Yoga. So, all capital letters, all one word, Face Yoga. So, then what you can do is you can put that in at checkout when you decide to buy your full human design blueprint. And from what I remember, it's about 55 pages. And I remember when mine got sent to me, it was like someone gave me this manual of Danielle. It literally was the perfect description of every aspect of my true self. So I would definitely recommend investing in that if you are interested in really starting to understand exactly who you are and exactly how you should be living. Now, if you just want to find out which human design type you are, you can find that out for free. As I say, you can go to the Jovian Archive. I believe you can do it on Jenna Zoe's website and I believe you can do it on Erin Claire Jones's website as well. So it may be worth just going and doing that to start off with. But definitely if you want to get your whole human design blueprint sent to you, so you get an email to you and then I print mine out and put it in a file, um, which as I say is over 50 pages, make sure you use the discount code FACEYOGA, all capital letters, or one word. And if you want to pause the podcast and go and look on Erin Claire Jones' website now, you'll see it there, you'll see how much it is and you'll see how to use the discount as well. I believe you put it in a checkout. So definitely worth doing if you are ready to not live like everybody else, but to live exactly like yourself. And I feel like it almost gives you permission to do that. And that's what I love about human design. It gives us permission to truly be how we are. And I feel like it, for me, it resonates even more than astrology. I'm really interested in astrology too, but there's something about human design, which just resonates that little bit deeper. So let's talk about the energy types. So there's actually five main energy types and each represent a unique way of engaging with the world. So these types are almost like lenses through which we perceive and interact with our environment. 
So let's explore them. The first one, manifestors. So if you're a manifester, you're often known as initiator. So you have a powerful aura that impacts your surroundings and your purpose is to really bring ideas into reality. And you're here to really make things happen and often in sudden and impactful ways. So that's if you're a manifester. Now, it may be, again, worth pausing the podcast episode, going and just checking very quickly. You can find out literally in less than a minute what your human design type is, because then when you listen to this, you're going to actually start to resonate with with which of these types you are. The second type, which is what I am, is a generator. And generators are the doers and the workers of the world. So generators have a consistent and renewable energy source. And their role is really to respond. So you have to respond to what excites you. And that is the key if you're a generator. So when generators are really engaged in activities that truly are aligned with their passions, they thrive. And I want to say a little bit more about generators, because before I knew my birth time, which is actually 6.55 in the morning, before I managed to find that out, I actually used to think I was a projector. Because what I resonated so much about projectors, which I'll get onto in a moment, is that they very much need to respond to um, invitations. Um, They are very good at seeing the big picture. They have a deep understanding of systems. They only have a certain amount of energy. All of that really resonated with me. And I was convinced I wasn't a generator because I know that actually I don't have this sort of ongoing, consistent energy. However, when I really understood that I was a generator, the biggest thing that resonated with me is I do have unlimited resource of energy, but only when I am doing things which truly are in alignment with me, things that light me up, things that give me joy and things that excite me. And that's truly what generators do. They have this boundless energy for those things. That's where they thrive and the things they have a true, deep, aligned passion with. But they can also very quickly burn out if they're saying yes to things actually in their gut feel like a no. They're very gut responsive, which is what I am. So I know within seconds whether something is a hell yes or a hell no. So What I used to do is ignore that gut and just say yes to too much stuff. And that would mean that very quickly I felt fatigued. I felt emotionally exhausted. I felt I was going to burn out. But now I listen to my gut and I ask myself very quickly, is this right or is this wrong? I also allow myself to feel very aligned with something. And when I feel aligned with something, I feel great. I feel full of energy and I can really feel that I can make a difference to the world. Okay, let's move on to manifesting generators. And actually, my eldest daughter is a manifesting generator. And my husband and my youngest daughter, as well as me, are all generators. So we have a lot of generator and manifester generator um, energy in our house. And actually, um, with the manifesting generators, people often say that they're a bit of a combination of a manifester and a generator. So somewhere in between the two. So if you're a manifesting generator, you're usually someone who's very multi-passionate. 
very quick to respond to things and very good at juggling multiple things at once. And you really need to balance your need for speed with allowing things to gradually unfold. And what my experience with having a manifesting generator daughter and also having a few friends that are manifesting generators as well is it's okay to move on to the next thing quite quickly. Now, often in life, we're told to make one career decision and that's what we'll do for life. But actually, if you as a manifesting generator allow yourself permission to change, to up-level, to switch and to move on when you're ready, then that is going to serve you so much better than feeling you have to stick to one thing. Okay, let's move on to projectors. And as I said, this is what I used to think I was until I really understood deep down what a generator was. So projectors are the guides and advisors. So if you're a projector, you probably have a quite deep understanding of systems and of people, and you're probably very good at seeing the big picture. So your strategy is very much to wait for the invitation for things. And it's very important for you to take that time each day to rest. And you should really only be doing about three or four hours per day of big output energy. It doesn't mean you can't work more hours than that, but that's how you should be doing your big output energy. And the rest of the hours, you should be a little bit more insular, a little bit more quiet and a little bit more restful. And again, my experience of knowing projectors in my life is they're often quite intuitive, they're often empaths, they're often quite in tune with other people as well. And finally, let's talk about reflectors, which I believe are only 1% of the population. So very rare. If you know a reflector, you are a reflector. You are a very rare species. They are also very highly sensitive, even more highly sensitive than projectors. So if you're a reflector, you're almost like a mirror. So you reflect the health of your environment, of the people around you, of what's going on. And you're almost a bit like a chameleon as well. And you probably feel what's happening in the world very deep inside you. And your purpose is actually to bring awareness to the collective and reveal the state of the community, of a group, of a relationship, because of your sensitivity and your innate ability to really be able to reflect back what's going on. So let's talk a little bit about the human design origins and influences. So the founder of human design in 1987 actually claimed to have received this system through a meditation or a mystical experience. And he believed actually that this all got channeled through to him and it got channeled through to him from spirit, from universe, from a higher power. And it actually integrates several ancient wisdom systems. So he said when this was all channeled through to him, he felt that it came from all of these different aspects. So there's aspects of it that do come from astrology. So the positions of the planets at the time of your birth do influence your human design chart. That's why your birth data is really essential for generating an accurate chart. So there's also something called the I Ching system, which is an ancient Chinese system. 
And it actually contributes to this hexagram structure within human design. So each hexagram actually represents a different energy configuration. And also there's aspects, some people say, of the Kabbalah in there as well. And there's different energy centers in the body, as we know, which I'll get onto in a moment. And the tree of life aspect apparently comes from the Kabbalah. And talking about those energy systems, the other aspect of human design is the chakra system. So this is connected to the energy centers in human design. And as you guys know, there's been lots of other podcast episodes on chakra. So go back and have a look at those if you are interested in learning more about chakras. But they definitely influence human design as well. And you'll see when you get your very unique chart that actually these senses influence different aspects of our lives, from our communication to our intuition. So it's so it's so interesting, particularly if you do go and get one of the full sort of reports, blueprint reports from Erin Claire Jones. And by the way, none of this is sponsored. Jenna or Erin don't even know that I'm talking about this on here. It's just, it's something that really, really interests me. And it's nice to also sort of do nice little shout outs to other guests that have come onto the podcast. So let's talk a little bit more about it. So human design really does provide valuable insights into our decision-making processes. I feel like it helps us definitely with our relationships definitely with our career path and really understanding our life direction and our true soul purpose. So as soon as you start to understand all aspects of your human design chart, you can make more aligned choices that resonate with your true self. But I would also say, and I think this is always important to say, it's important to approach human design with an open mind and not use it as the strictest rule or the strictest blueprint. And it's good to have a blueprint for your life. Um, And that's why I love understanding human design, but you don't have to live every second by that. Remember that your best um, guide, your best teacher is your intuition. So go with that more than anything. I really do think human design can offer profound insights. I don't think it's a prediction tool. I think it is really more about giving you a guide to how you live your life and remembering as well, your free will does play a significant role in shaping your life too. So even though perhaps you are born with these aspects of you that human design can explain. And when you live by them, it's going to help you live a better, more fulfilling, more soul aligned life. Remember, you have choices to not listen to aspects of your chart and not listen to aspects of your human design. That's so important to say as well. And obviously, like all systems, sometimes there's controversies, sometimes there's critiques as well. And of course, human design has its fair share of sceptics and controversies. So some people definitely criticise it for lacking scientific validation. Other people sometimes argue it's just far too complex. And some people just say it's just not applicable to everyone. And I think that's all fair, to be honest with you. And I think if you can use it as a guide for your life 
and you can really use it to understand why your soul came here. But remembering that your free will and your intuition is going to really be your ultimate teacher, your ultimate guide, then I think it will serve you really well. Okay, so let's talk a little bit before we finish about the profiles. So we talked about the energy type. There's also the profiles. Now, there are loads of other aspects to human design as well. But if you understand your energy type and your profile, that is going to help you most. So for example, my energy type is a generator and my profile is a 5-1. So I'm a 5-1 generator. And actually my husband and my youngest daughter are both 5-1 generators, which I'm not sure what the chances of that are, but they are. And then my eldest daughter is a 2-4 manifesting generator. So you can see that it's good to have that understanding of both your energy type and your profile type. So your profile is actually expressed as two numbers and it's usually separated by a little slash or a hyphen. So these numbers really provide insight into your life journey, how you approach challenges and your relationship with others. And they really reveal the roles you naturally gravitate towards and the way that you engage with the world around you. So you'll have a first number. So like I said, I'm a five one. So it's like a five dash one or a five slash one. So that's your first number. So when you look this up, and like I say, you can find it literally within a minute or two, have a look what your first number is. And I'm going to explain what these numbers. So it could be anything from the number one to six. So really the first number is meant to be your primary role within the world. And there's six possible roles and each are associated with specific traits and behaviours. Now, I often never like the description names of these. I think they're a little bit outdated, to be honest with you. But I'm going to tell you the, um, the traditional name for each of these numbers. So if you have a number one as your first number, this is known as the investigator. And that means you're here to explore and understand the world deeply. You're a natural learner and often seek knowledge and wisdom. If your first number is a two, this is often known as the hermit. So your role actually involves withdrawing from the world periodically to reflect and gain insights. So you're meant to share your wisdom with others after your introspective phases. And if you've got number three is your first number, this is known as the martyr. So you're here to experiment and experience life to the fullest. So you may face challenges and setbacks, but these experiences help you grow and learn. If you have a four is your first number, this is known as the opportunist. So this means you're a connector and a networker and your role involves building relationships and sharing your insights and experiences with others. If you're a five is your first number, which is what I am, this is known as the heretic and you're here to bring about change and question the status quo. Your unconventional ideas challenge existing norms. So that one's me. If you have a number six as your first number, you're known as a role model. So you're a natural guide and mentor and people are drawn to your wisdom and you play a significant role in shaping and inspiring others. So your second number is known as a strategy and this indicates your strategy for navigating life and fulfilling your role. 
So there are two possible strategies. There's a left angle cross and there's the right angle cross. So left angle crosses will be the number one, three, four, and five. So as I said, I'm a five slash one generator. So that means I have a left angle cross because I'm the number one. So if you have a number one, three, four, or five, it's your second number, you're a left angle cross. So your strategy involves waiting for invitations, waiting for recognition, or an indication that it's the right time to act. Okay, so if you are right angle cross, so if your second number is either a two or a six, your strategy is to respond to life's events and situations and your invitations are often based on how you're invited or called upon. So let's talk a bit about interpreting your profile. So to fully understand your profile, you need to combine the insights from both numbers. So like I said, a 5-1 generator as I am. This helps you have a really personalised understanding of your unique way of navigating life. So for example, let's talk about a 3-5 profile. That would indicate someone who experiments and someone who also brings about change whilst waiting for the recognition of invitations. So someone who experiments is the martyr, brings about change is the heretic, so that's those numbers, and then waiting for recognition or invitations, the left angle cross. So let's talk about applying your profile. So really understand your profile can help you make so much better decisions in life, can really help you choose a career path that's aligned with your strengths And I think it can also really help you improve your relationships as well. So by recognising your natural tendencies and really embracing them, you can live a more authentic and fulfilling life. So your human design profile definitely can add depth and context to your energy type. So it's good to know your energy type, but really knowing your profile number can go much deeper and give you a much more comprehensive understanding of your individuality, your soul purpose, and your life path. So just like with the energy types, remember that human design is a tool for self-discovery. It doesn't have to be this fixed destiny. It's gonna help guide you gently through life. But I know that I find this super interesting and any tools which help me understand me better and give me a guide to living my best life, I am always up for. So I definitely think you should embrace these insights. If you're interested in it, do go and look up your human design type and read deeper into it because I think it's so interesting but always keep an open mind and always remember free will as well and most of all just enjoy your journey throughout life. Guys thank you so much for listening to me today. I hope you have found this an informative 30 minutes talking about human design. Please do let me know how you get on when you listen to the podcast. Drop me a DM on Instagram, Face Yoga Expert or on um, on Facebook. Send me a message. You can always send me an email info at faceyogaexpert.com. Let me know what episodes you like. Let me know if you're also interested in human design. I find it so fascinating. 
meeting. And as a 5-1 generator, I'm here to talk about what lights me up and what fills me with joy and to share it with others. And that's exactly what I aim to do every week here on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Guys, thank you so much. Take care, lots of love, and we will chat again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate and review it. Let me know when you listen to episodes, tag me in on Instagram at Face Yoga Expert. And don't forget to check out my website, faceyogaexpert.com, which has all the information about my teacher training, my two books, Danielle Collins Face Yoga and the Face Yoga Journal, my skincare range, Fusion by Danielle. Danielle Collins and all the other courses and offerings that I have. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.